1: Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined today by Liz Waterstrot. Hello, Liz. Hi, Sarah. So because you uh, love to poke fun at me for my pickleball obsession, that's what we're going to talk about.
2: I just want to tell everyone out there listening that you asked if I had anything to talk about today, and then you said, but we will lead with pickleball. <laughs> I'm trying my best here, people. I'm trying to pull out of the pickleball twilight zone
1: (laughs) but she just wants to lead with it so lead lead the way sarah so yeah well now that we record nine days in advance of when the episode drops and we had a repeat episode of answers all these factors are conspiring to make it so that i haven't been able to talk about the pickleball tournament that i played in in late july so mm-hmm. you're just gonna have to put up with it, Liz. And um, I'm ready. So, okay. So, I played as a backstory. I played in a tournament, maybe in June, and had such a miserable time. And it wasn't because my partner and I only won one game. I don't, I don't care about wins and losses. I just want to have fun. What I've really decided is, out on the court, I want to feel athletic and scrappy. Like okay. I, I like feeling. That, you know, I'm making a good hustle when someone does a drop shot that I can get up there, you know, sprint and get up there and get that shot. And then it can be a good shot or that I can make a good backhand, which a lot of people aren't good at backhand. And I love backhand. So she was like, please. Her name's Lizzie. is my um, tournament partner. She's like, please, please, will you consider doing another tournament? I'm like, okay, I'll give it one more shot. But if I don't have fun, I'm not doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. So, oh, my goodness. We had such fun. Loads of laughs. And the people we played against were really nice. And it was a lovely day and a great setting. And oh, yeah, by the way, we won silver medal in it. But that was not the main reason why I had a good time.
2: Oh, well, I'm glad you had a good time. Because if you didn't have a good time, you would have quit pickleball. And then <laughs> and then
1: what? What would I have done with my, my hours? Um But also, oh, my goodness. So we played. There were 11 teams, 11 duos in our um, category of age and ranking. And so they split us into a group of five and a group of six. And Lizzie and I were in the group of six. We won all our games. And then we played against the second place people from the bracket of five, beat them handily in part because their strategy was to lob over people. And it's tough to lob over five foot 11 me And so that kind of shut down their typical playing and then played against the first place people from the other side of the bracket. And we had to play best of three. And so we lost the first game 4 11, won the second one, 1-5. And then in a very hard fought match, we lost eight, 11. And oh my goodness, Liz, I do have to say we were stuck on eight, nine for just the longest time. And I suddenly was filled with the exact same feeling. This is why I want to talk about this on the podcast, filled with the exact same feeling that I have when I'm about a mile from the finish line of a marathon, where I just, for no seeming reason, feel an intense urge to cry. Oh, and Like oh. My, my, my face and eyes get all prickly. And, and when I'm running, I oftentimes will just cry but keep running. But this time I'm like, oh my goodness, that'd be really obvious if I just start crying. <laughs> is, she, is
2: she crying or sweating? Right. It's a fine line over 50, Sarah.
1: Yeah, right. And why is she making sounds when she sweats? It must be crying then. <laughs> uh, and also what I oftentimes find that I do in that emotional moment, pretty close to a finish line of a marathon, is I am filled, my mind is filled with images of my children. Just, oh. and, and such overwhelming love and nostalgia and concern, like unfounded concern. And my goodness, the exact same thing was happened to me on the pickleball court. And wow. you're allowed two, each duo's allowed two timeouts in a game. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to ask if we can take a timeout. And I'm like, no, 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 you can, you can pull this together, sir. You can pull it together. <laughs> and I was able to, but my goodness, I just... It was overwhelming. And I haven't run a marathon in five and a half years. And to immediately be like, oh, I recognize this feeling. This is that feeling. Oh, my goodness.
2: Yeah. Probably few things in life put you there.
1: They do. True. True. Exactly. And it was not a comfortable position to be in. Um, It was really too jangly and too close to the surface for me, for what I like feeling. But, you know, I think there's some quote unquote value in being put in that uncomfortable situation. So, yes, um, yeah, yeah. So I uh, I think co-ed tournament is next for me because I play with this guy, Wally, who I just adore. And he has said he will be my partner in a tournament. So
2: just don't yeah. don't cry in front of the men. Okay?
1: <laughs> Just for, for all the women out there behind
2: you, don't, don't. cry. Bleed a little for them. Bleed. Like, if you do cry, just tears of blood. Just be like, I am suffering at a level you will never understand, man. <laughs> hey, so when I take my daughter to gymnastics, mm-hmm. it's in one of those industrial parks. And mm-hmm. few doors down, there's this indoor pickleball court mm-hmm. being built. Oh. and. I think of you every time I walk by it. (laughs) I kind of peeked in the Uh other day to see what was going on. But the hours on the door, Sarah, are Mm -hmm. 6 a.m. until 11 p.m.
1: Wow. Uh,
2: Isn't that a little over the top? (laughs) That's like... Listen, we need to shut this place down for seven hours because you people cannot pickleball all night long.
1: Right. That sounds like a song, pickleball all night long. <laughs> I
2: just, I just I know it's, it's, it's taking over around here. My neighbors all do it. My kids have gone pickleballing. Mm. But uh, I just thought, wow, this yeah. could be... Could be a new business venture for you. Mm. Indoor pickleball court, (laughs) uh, pickleball coaching, pickleball
1: apparel. Oh, my goodness. I have thought about approaching the main paddle manufacturer and seeing if they will be a sponsor or partner of another mother runner. (laughs) Yeah, why not? Oh my goodness. All right, folks. Well, today's topic is stacked workouts, meaning doing more than one workout in a day. And this topic came to my mind because I often feel like there aren't enough days in the week to do all the sporty activities I want to do. Say, for instance, pickleball and running or pickleball and swimming. So, and I've been feeling that way a lot lately. I mean, uh, this morning I went for a walk and then this afternoon I'm going open water swimming before women's league for say it with me, pick a ball. So I wrestled up three women runners in the, another mother runner community to talk about how and why they often work out more than once in a day. So there's no judgment or guilt here, no matter how often or not you work out. I just love hearing how other folks live and play. So Liz, let's start with you because you are a triathlete which by its very nature involves more than one sport. So how often do you slay more than one workout in a day?
2: Probably five days of the week. Mm.
1: Okay. Yeah. And and do you split them up morning, evening? Do you do them, quote unquote, as a brick together?
2: It really depends. It just depends on what my day looks like. If I'm running, I will run first and then go swim. It's usually the swim that gets pushed off, if anything, Mm. just because it's... Mm -hmm it's such a hassle to get to the pool and get in the pool and then you're wet. And so, so I, I tend to push that off. Um, I do some, you know, what's called brick workouts. And I think one of our guests is going to talk about that Mm -hmm. where you go bike to run. I don't do too many of them, but sometimes that's a really easy way to knock out two workouts at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, pretty much as a triathlete, you're, you're always, doing two workouts a day. I never do three workouts a day, though, unless it's race That's
1: day. Oh, right, right. <laughs> you make an exception on race day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, do you find it tough to rally? Like, let's say, okay, you have, I don't know, if you're training for an Ironman, let's say you did a 10-mile run in the morning, then do you find it tough to kind of get the engine going again, the motivation, the literal physical energy to do a whole nother workout later on in the day?
2: Not really Mm -hmm. uh no because i i really try to enjoy the fact that i get to do these things Mm -hmm. you know i've 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 gotten away from approaching a workout as something i have to do Mm -hmm. or it's a chore i mean really it's just an opportunity for me to get out there and play and i don't put a lot of pressure on myself you know even if let's say I had planned to do a hard swim workout after a run. If I get into the water and i 'm not feeling good, I just swim easy and then I say mm. well at least at least check the box today, mm-hmm. so uh, you know managing your expectations, going into that second workout of the day I think
1: is really important mhm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that 's awesome, great advice. All right, Liz. Well, let's move on to talking to our first guest, who is Emily Summers, a nurse and a mother of five in Sharpsville, Indiana. Emily, I believe, just completed an Olympic distance triathlon, yet she confesses she rarely does those bike run brick workouts and training that you talked about, Liz. So thanks for chatting with us, Emily.
2: I am very excited to be here. Good. Emily, tell us a little bit about your athletic background, including how long you've been doing triathlons.
3: I started running my junior year of high school, so a little little more than two decades ago. And I jumped into the distance scene in my early 20s as a competitive endeavor with my oldest brother. And then I did my first triathlon. Um, (laughs) I laugh at myself now. Um, I I was that mom. I I trained for a triathlon a little bit on maternity leave for my second
1: son. (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs)
3: <laughs> um, because you know, why, why not? It, it seems like a good idea at the time. I did a couple sprint triathlons in my early twenties, and then I took a very long time off. And then post pandemic, I came back and I've I've joined the triathlon club again at the Olympic distance.
1: Nice, nice, nice.
2: So, in a typical week, what do your workouts look like? And I really want to hear about torture.
3: Well, I would say my workouts look quite a bit different during the school year than they do during the summer. Uh, During the summer, I aim to train for a triathlon because it's a fun way for me to cross train. It forces me to do some things beyond running, use some different muscles. I am a very mediocre swimmer and probably equally mediocre cyclist. And so Triathlon is just a way for me to relax and have fun. So during the summer, I've run four or five mornings a week, and then I aim to swim once or twice a week and get a couple bike rides in every week with varied success with having all of the kids home and everything. Mm -hmm. During the school year, um, Torture Tuesdays started uh, with a group of my friends from my gym. I I have a membership at a Y that I've had for a long time. Honestly, even in a season when I wasn't really running, there were back-to-back classes. There was a boot camp class and a cycle class, and there was a small group of us that would often go back-to-back, and we just called it Torture Tuesday. (laughs) The name has stuck. The classes have changed a little bit over the years. Um, A lot has changed. And so now I frequently run and often do speed work on Tuesday mornings. And then a friend of mine teaches a Tabata class that I go and do a lot of modifications for since I've just come off a hard run.
1: Mm-hmm. But then isn't there grocery shopping? Isn't that part of Torture Tuesdays, too? Oh,
3: that that's the actual torturous part. <laughs> yes. Um, by the time you've been up since 5 in the morning and run and gone to the gym, trekking around and grocery shopping for seven people is, is its own sort of endeavor. You know, the, the shopping isn't terrible, but by the time you get home and have to put all the groceries away, mm-hmm. that is... No, not the most fun part of my week, but there, there is a perk that I, I mentioned, you know, something that I I put in there that I look forward to is, uh, my Sam's club has in the last year started selling some, um, some sushi. So I, I look forward to my Sam's club sushi every Tuesday. That is my reward. <laughs> the little things, you know, it. it you just never know what's actually going to fill your cup. And and some cheap sushi goes a really, really long ways. If, if you've never done a Torture Tuesday with sushi, then you should try it once.
1: <laughs> a ringing Yelp endorsement if ever I heard one. <laughs> Okay, Emily, so from info you've shared with me previously, it seems like you have several reasons for doing more than one workout in a day, with a big factor being your job. So tell us how being a nurse can impact your workouts.
3: So I'm an adult intensive care nurse. I work 12 hour shifts and I work at a hospital that's about an hour from my home. So, a couple factors with my job Uh, I have to be there at seven in the morning, which means I need to be leaving my house at six in the morning. Lunch breaks are not always dependable at work. You know, you usually get to at least step out and eat, but it's not like you get to plan on having an hour lunch break, much less at the same time or even a planned time any given day. And the same thing with getting off work. Sometimes you get off right on time and sometimes you have, sometimes you just get stuck at work for a while longer. And so working out after work is not always a viable option. So with those shifts in mind, I often plan on not working out on the days that I work, which means that for me to get in the running, the strength training, if I'm triathlon training, it just means that I have to consolidate my workout schedule and find creative ways to get them in throughout the week.
1: Mm. All right. So Liz in the intro said she never does three workouts in a day. Do you ever push to that limit? Um,
3: If I did, it would uh, be a low intensity level workouts. Um, so I could see days where maybe I go get up and go for a run at five 30 in the morning and I'm done by, you know, six fifteen or six 30 and then maybe do a 15 minute low impact strength workout. And that's all done before getting my kids out the door to school. And then maybe at one o'clock in the afternoon heading out for a 30 minute bike ride.
2: Okay.
3: Um, but I would, th- that's certainly not a usual schedule for me. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. So tell us a little bit about how you sometimes split up your long runs, maybe doing some before work and after work. How does that work for you?
3: When I substitute at the school, sometimes I work as a, as a sub nurse uh, occasionally. And I have where I've had long runs, I usually do my long runs during the week while my kids are at school. And so sometimes I end up subbing on days that would be long run days. And so getting up and running. 14, 17 miles before having to be home and showered and, you know, not just have the kids out the door, but have myself out the door and presentable and ready to go just doesn't sound feasible or attractive. Um, You know, four in the morning, I'm willing to start. But man, if we start talking about a before 4 a.m. wake up, that's (laughs) Mm. I'm not there. And so I have broken up some runs where maybe I can get up and do 10 miles in the morning before work and then, whatever I still have to finish after work. It depends a little bit. Maybe if I have any, if I have any segments in the workout, if maybe there's a little bit of speed work mixed in exactly how much I would do before and after just depends a bit on how that's broken up to find a natural stopping point. Mm.
2: And then Mm. why are you not drawn to more of a traditional brick workout? Like most of us triathletes do a bike and a run. Why is that something you maybe haven't done much of?
3: Um, because it's really hard for me to get to. For me, I'm an early morning runner. Running is by far my primary sport. It's what I enjoy the most and it's what I'm the best at. So if I have to pick, that's that's what I continue to develop for the most part. I also, amongst my friends who run, I'm the only one that also branches out into triathlon. So with the social aspect, I only have company for running. So what that means is that for me to run with my friends and to enjoy my runs the most, they got that prime spot at during the summer of those cooler hours. I do not have the equipment to cycle in the dark. And while I can put my bike on a trainer and bike in my garage, it's just not something I find myself enjoying or wanting to get out of bed an hour earlier to do. And so more often than not, I will do my runs in the morning and then try to get out the door for a bike ride but it's so easy when during the summer when everyone is home to just get distracted by the hey mom what's for lunch hey mom can i be on the computer hey mom can you take me to the store to <laughs> to go buy slime whatever <laughs> wh- whatever the ask is and so you know, I, I had great intentions this summer where I was going to go out and get my quality mileage in the morning. And then I was going to have a separate workout where I did a short bike ride and then, you know, a one or two mile run just to practice the running off the bike. And I, I didn't get it done this summer. Um, I just, you know, got got pulled into mom mode, which is it's fine. My kids need me, but mm-hmm. it is not a strength of mine. It's something that I struggle with in triathlon training.
1: Well, you still got a month left of summer, right?
3: My kids go back to school on Friday.
1: Wow. Wow. <laughs> I, ma- I want to add that we are recording this on August 2nd, so they are going back on August 4th. Always good yes. to go back on a Friday, too. Hey, thanks for jamming that one day of school in <laughs> before the weekend.
3: You know, it does kind of help them have have a bit of a transition back into the school year. You know, it's, it's a one and done. You just, you get there, you get the day in, everybody gets to come home and have all of their cranks out just on Friday.
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness. So, so Emily, I want to pick the brains of every guest for advice. So tell us about the concept of staying in athletic wear between workouts and then the reality of it. And do you think it's easier or harder in the summertime?
3: So the reality is that most of the time, it's not a whole lot of fun. (laughs) During the summer, I would say it's probably a little bit easier. For me, my biggest struggle with the actual workout wear itself is being cold after a workout. Um, I hate the feeling of coming home and having a soaked and sweaty sports bra that then turns clammy and leaves me cold. And it's shocking to me. I run cold. uh, And so it can be 75 or 80 degrees out. And if my sports bra is sweaty and cold, I'm cold. Um, I can mitigate that. I've learned myself. I usually take off whatever shirt I worked out in and then I can throw on a dry T-shirt or a hoodie and kind of hang out in that. And then either put the same shirt back on or change shirts for a second (laughs) workout, depending on what company I will be in (laughs) or the status of my laundry. So socks is another one, either changing socks, or I have found for myself that I have some wool socks that can handle not being wet and gross. And I can stay in those for a few hours in between workouts.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you on that. Getting a wet sports bra, that just makes me so cold no matter what mm-hmm. the external temperature is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: So shed some light on how you stay fueled for your next workout.
3: I eat a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's a big part of why we do what we do, right? We we like food. So for me, I am not perfect on my early morning runs about eating before I head out on the run, but I am pretty meticulous about eating immediately on walking in the door. I I try to have some pre-made food. You know, I have superhero muffins on hand in my house almost all the time in a variety of flavors and if i don't have something there then i have a handful of protein bar type foods that i can grab in a pinch so i i walk in from the run and i'm getting food and making coffee within 5 minutes of walking in the door um those those are my go-to staples then, depending on when my next workout is, I might be having a snack on my way to my next workout. I might be having a trail mix um, or maybe just a handful of nuts. I know that that's something that can sit well with me, depending on what I'm doing next. And then I always, in my gym bag, have a snack for after a second workout. Greek yogurt or cottage cheese are ones that I can usually do okay after a strength session um, or cycling Depending again on the season, sometimes I have to throw like a little cooler in my bag. Nobody wants a, a Greek yogurt that's been sitting in their car for an hour when it's, when it's a little warm outside. <laughs> don't, don't recommend that.
1: Oh my goodness. All right. So do you have any more races left this summer?
3: Um, no, as we, we head into cross country season, I'll be helping coach cross country at the middle school this fall. um, so that, that just chews up weekends, uh, August and September. Mm-hmm. So I'm eyeballing a, a half in November. Nice. That's, that's what comes up next on my schedule.
1: Nice, nice. Well, thanks for chatting with us, Emily. I really enjoyed it.
3: Well, thank you guys very much for having me. Have a wonderful rest of your day.
1: You too. Bye-bye. Well, we're going to take a break to hear from the brands that let us bring you this free content. Please support them like they support us. When we get back, we'll talk to two more multi-workout women. Our next guest is Allie Leatherman, a science teacher and mother of a preteen daughter. She hails from Jackson, Mississippi. I chose Allie as a guest because of her unique trio of exercises, running, kung fu, and dance. So welcome to the show, Allie.
2: Hey, I'm glad to be here. So Allie, you have some explaining to do. (laughs) Running, kung fu, and dance. Like you threw a dart at a dart board of options here and you came up with those three. So tell us more
0: how you, how you
2: arrived at those three activities.
0: Yeah, I've I've never been good at fitting into boxes, <laughs> but uh, it started with dance. That was where I I started growing up. I studied classical ballet, and I minored in dance in college, and got into the modern dance scene. Um, and as I continued to dance, um, and became old for a dancer, which now it sounds very weird to call you know mid twenties old, um, but for the dance world, you know, as you start to get a little bit older, I realized if I wanted to keep doing this then i needed some cross training in my life. So after my daughter was born in my mid 20s, i took up running as my cross training. And there was actually another woman who danced in the same dance company with me who wanted to run for cross training as well. So she and i started running together and that, you know, just kind of opened up the whole rabbit hole <laughs> of falling down into mm-hmm. getting into the running world. You know, started doing 5Ks, and then of course that led to 10Ks, and then that led to half marathons, and eventually a couple of full marathons. Cause I like to say I'm a little bit like Ado Annie from the musical Oklahoma. She's the one who sings, (laughs) I'm just a girl who can't say no.
1: And then Kung Fu came in because of your daughter, right?
0: Yes, that one came in because of my daughter. So it's the most recent addition. So I'd kind of gotten to those place where instead of just being a dancer who ran for cross training, I really identified as both a dancer and a runner. Um, And Mm -hmm. my daughter uh, did not appear to pick up either bug from me. She was not really into dance. She was not really into running. Um, So I said, okay, we need to find a physical activity that you do want to do. And her current career goal is International Super spot. Um, so we figured martial arts would be a good physical activity for her to do. And the studio that we settled on is uh, the Academy of Kung Fu and at that particular place, she would be placed in the teen and adult beginner class because they said coming in as a preteen, she'd kind of outgrow the kids' classes really quickly. And so it was like, oh, you know, mom could take the same class. (laughs) We could just do this together. (laughs) And uh, luckily, my daughter still thought that that was cool to have mom in her class rather than embarrassing. So we started taking Kung Fu together.
2: That's awesome. So what does a typical week of mixing all of these sports together look like for you?
0: Yeah, so I try to run about four times a week is kind of my sweet spot. And then I try to do strength training two days a week. So it's kind of like my six days that I work out, not including a, you know, a rest day in there are either a run or a strength training day. And then I will have a Kung Fu class two or three times a week and a dance rehearsal once or twice a week, just kind of depending on what's coming up on the schedule.
1: Wow. All right. So, and are you ever tempted to skip that rest day? Because that's a lot of workouts to, to jam into six days.
0: Um, Not really. My body tells me if I try to. There will be some times where I'll shift my rest day. Like a lot of times my rest day works out to be Fridays. And then sometimes I may have something coming up where I have an extra dance rehearsal on Friday that I normally don't have. And so then I have to shift my rest day around. And so then I end up going eight or nine days before that rest day. My body lets me know. So Mm. it's a pretty Mm. good reminder that I need that day of rest in there.
2: And you have three different activities. You know, you have Kung Fu, which is very skill-based, dancing, very rhythm-based, running, very cardiovascular. So how do you feel like each of these activities, though different, complement each other?
0: Sure. Well, one thing that helps a lot with something like dance or Kung Fu, they're not very cardio based when you're in a class or a rehearsal setting. It's a lot of start and stop and work on the skills. But then when you have a performance or if you're doing a sparring match in Kung Fu, all of a sudden, now that cardio endurance, you're supposed to just pull it out of your back pocket. Um, And so the running endurance really, (laughs) really helps for that. Um, And I think it also helps prevent injuries because most injuries happen in dance or something like that when you're tired and then you get sloppy. Um, And so having the endurance to be able to keep going and not get to that point of fatigue helps, you know, a lot with that. And then on the flip side, there's a lot of coordination and flexibility and balance that you get with both um, kung fu and dance that can kind of help, you know, when you're out on the road and you kind of stumble a little bit, it's easier to catch your balance. It's easier to call on some of those muscles when you get tired out on the run that, you know, those, some of those supporting core muscles and things like that, that you're used to engaging in the studio.
1: Nice. Nice. So, Allie, I know you're eyeing a late winter or early spring half or full marathon. And and as you've told us, you've done two marathons in the past. So how does training for an endurance event like that affect the time and energy you can put into dance and kung fu? Like, what's the ebb and flow like?
0: Yeah, that's um, that's definitely a thing, especially for the the two full marathons that I've done in the past. I definitely kind of had to step back from dancing during the bulk of those training cycles, just because it it takes so much energy and so much toll on your body. So that's one reason why the half is kind of a nice happy place for me, because it allows me to keep doing mm-hmm. other things. I do try to tailor my workouts in the places where I can control them. So, you know, I don't have a lot of say necessarily about what we're going to do in our Kung Fu class because I'm not the teacher, but I do get to control Mm -hmm. the effort that I put into my running workouts. And so, you know, I try to, try to control what I can and pick which days are going to be the easier ones and which ones are going to be the harder ones. It's definitely something that I've built up to. I don't, My very first half marathon training cycle, I don't think I could have kept dancing and doing Kung Fu at the level that I do now because it was so new to my body. But now I know that, Mm. you know, I can go do an eight mile run and then go to a Kung Fu class and I'm going to be okay because my body knows that and I've done it before and it's it's not overwhelming to me.
2: So when you reached out to us about this topic, you mentioned that sometimes it's easier for you to do back-to-back workouts versus having a break. Why do you think it's easier to just knock them out back to back?
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's psychological or physiological or a little bit of both, um, but this is something actually I learned from my days in the ballet world. And we'd have, you know, a summer intensive where you're in classes all day. And when you're wearing the point shoes, one thing that we quickly learned is that if you had two classes that required you to be in those point shoes back to back, if you took your shoes off in between in that like 15 minute break you had between classes and then put them back on, it was so much more painful <laughs> than just leaving them on. <laughs> (laughs) so if I can't have, you know, several hours in between to rest and recover, if it's going to be pretty close, it's, it's almost easier to just kind of have, like I mentioned, I did a longer run and then went to a Kung Fu class. And so, you know, I had about 15 minutes in between to change clothes and drink a protein shake and kind of get ready for the next thing. But, that was almost easier than having like an hour where your body just kind of starts to cool down and starts to get into this. Okay. I'm done with that effort. And then you're like, wait, no, I have to go back and work hard again. What are you doing?
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really crank things back up to that intensity level again. exactly Yeah. So what's your advice to gals listening who currently work out once a day, but her, who are maybe inspired by you or one of the other guests and are now toying with the idea of adding in an occasional second workout in a day.
0: I would definitely say go for it and work up to it, just like you would any other athletic endeavor. Something like starting the Kung Fu classes is nice because it does give me that External accountability, you know, I'm expected to be in class. And so even if I'm tired, you know, there's not really an option to skip that second workout if I want to continue in the class. And especially since my daughter's there with me and she's counting on me to get her there. Um, So that helps to have some of that accountability built in when I first started stacking workouts was when I was um, running with a dancer in our company and we would run on the same days that we had rehearsals because that's just when it fit in our schedules so again I had accountability meeting her in the morning and then I had to be at rehearsal in the evening um, and so that helped and then you, you, know, you just sort of get used to and it doesn't seem like a big deal to do two activities in the same day
2: and when you've done two sometimes three activities a day how do you feel at the end
0: of the day Gloriously ready to sleep. <laughs> I always have a harder time sleeping on rest days. <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, no, I, I enjoy it. Um, that's another thing that you, you kind of learn when you're doing multiple activities in a day is you, you get used to doing activities, feeling a little bit sore and not, not that painful injury kind of pain, but you, you know, you get that sore muscle when you're training and improving. You're gonna be tired, you're gonna be sore. And you get used to that and kind of embrace that. And so I find sometimes on days that I don't feel sore, I don't feel like my muscles have worked, (laughs) it just feels strange. I'm like, what happened? I don't know. (laughs) This isn't my body. But you Mm -hmm. know, you kind of get used to that feeling. My mantra is always motion is lotion, right? So when I'm a little sore, just move and breathe and it works its way out.
1: Nice, nice, nice. So what is next on the horizon? Do you have a dance performance? Do you have a, you know, a kung fu test? What is it?
0: Yes. So in September, September is a bit big month, um, our dance company will be performing at the Mississippi Science Festival. So that's Hmm. the middle of September. We have a really fun 30-minute performance called Science in Motion. Being a science teacher, of course, I really nerd out about that one. Um, (laughs) And then, uh, (laughs) yes, we also have our next Kung Fu belt test is in September as well. We test every four months there.
1: Nice, nice. And do you have your science students ever dance in class, in your science class?
0: Not a, not a ton. Although I did have, um, there was one year where I got to teach a dance anatomy and kinesiology class. And then our dance company was going to be performing science and notion. And a lot of our regular dancers weren't going to be able to be at the um, performance. And so we actually filled in those spots with my students. <laughs> so that was kind oh. of fun to get to <laughs> dance with them um, as well. Oh. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I just had being a dance mom. I just had to ask. Yes, yes. yes. And it's yes. Uh, my husband and I actually are the
0: <laughs> directors of the company. Um, And so it was us and these students and we we were 20 years older <laughs> than our other students. It was like, wow, <laughs> I'm feeling a little old, but it was good. And it was fun to connect with them in that way.
1: Oh, and that's awesome. You share that passion with your husband. That's fantastic.
0: Yes, he's actually snuck into the kung fu thing as well this past month. He joined the party, so the whole family just goes to kung fu class together.
1: (laughs) I think someone needs to do, uh, you know, like a graphic novel about your family or something. (laughs) My Uh, daughter
0: (laughs) would love it. She loves graphic novels, so...
1: I know. Well, with her wanting to be an international spy and, you know, you being, you know, Addo Annie or whatever, you know. yes, so. yep. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, thank you, Mrs. Incredible. It's been wonderful talking sure. with you. <laughs> thank
2: <It's been good. laughs> you.
1: Our final multi-workout day gal is Erin Reed of Raleigh, North Carolina. Erin is a pediatric critical care physician and a mom of two. She's training for the Chicago Marathon, which for those of you who don't know, takes place in early October. And she has what I deem an intriguing reason for doing a second workout every day, which we will get to. So thanks for taking time for us, Erin. Thanks. Erin, how did you get into running?
4: Um, I actually started running when I was a freshman in high school and I, I had a job at, at the school library and this new cross country coach came to my school and he was like looking for runners because there was one really good runner at my school and to have a team you needed five people and he just like randomly recruited me. So I was 14 and I was like, okay, I don't really know anything about running, but you know. I'll do that. And so I started cross country that year and then did it for all four years of high school and did indoor track and outdoor track. And I was never fabulous at it, but it was really fun and it got me into the sport.
1: Like, I want to know how many other students that coach asked. Like, were you had to de- eye you and be like, yes, she's, you know, got what it's take? Or were you like number, student number like 87 that he had asked? And finally, someone said yes.
4: Yeah, I think he was just like moving into his classroom and randomly saw me and like started talking and realized that I didn't have much of a life otherwise. And so maybe I was a good person.
2: <laughs> so, will Chicago be your first marathon? No, it'll
1: be my seventh, actually.
4: Oh.
1: And uh, you've done Chicago before or no?
4: No, I've never done Chicago. This will be the second like, world major that I've, I did New York. Mm-hmm. That was my second marathon. My first one was Houston mm-hmm. in 2009.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. So you go for the big cities. Um,
4: for the most part, when my kids were really little, I stuck closer to home. I used to live in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and so I did a lot of the ones that were around there.
1: Okay, so now for the grand reveal. Tell folks why you are intent on doing a second workout every day.
4: Yeah, starting July 1st of this year, my sister and my brother-in-law and I started doing the 75 hard challenge. And so that has these rules. And one of the rules is that you have to do two workouts a day for 45 minutes at a minimum, and one of them has to be outside. Mm -hmm. So that is... That's the big impetus for me to start doing two workouts a day mm-hmm. is that challenge. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So then is today day 33?
4: Yeah. Today is, yeah, we, th- we started on the, yeah. So day 33, cause today is August 2nd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah.
1: So getting to that halfway point of it.
4: Yeah, we'll finish on September 11th, which is happens to be my brother-in-law's birthday. Oh, okay.
1: That worked out well. So, yeah. I'd never heard of the 75 hard challenge that you're doing and I when I so when I saw your Google form, I'm like, "What is that?" and I, you know, <laughs> so then I went down a Google rabbit hole on that one. So, I actually t- emailed or texted Liz, I'm like, "Have you ever heard of this thing?" She's like, "Nope, never heard of it." So, so what about the challenge appeal to you and does it ever make you feel like you're wearing velvet handcuffs?
4: <laughs> I mean, I I love challenges. I am one of those people who, you know, I like to give up something for Lent, even though I'm not Catholic. Mm. <laughs> I I like to do things like that and to challenge myself. I'm sort of maybe always on the road to just making myself better, even in little tiny ways like that. Mm -hmm. So, and my sister had a baby a year ago and she had been talking about, you know, really needing an accountability partner to um, try to get back in shape and things like that. And so I heard about the 75 Hard Challenge on another podcast, on the Mel Robbins podcast, and she was had done it. And so I said, what about this? And they were both game. So that's how we got into it and decided to, to do it together. And I actually went to their house for those first four days I was visiting them. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was easier those, those first few days. And then when we, you know, when I got home, it was a little bit more difficult.
2: Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. in the thick of marathon training right now. How are you balancing the marathon training with what you have to do for 75 hard.
4: Yeah, I just kind of realized that my my coach for my marathon doesn't know that I'm doing this. Um, <laughs> well,
2: on busted. behalf of all the coaches, please yeah. tell them.
4: <laughs> if she's listening, that's the problem, I guess. Um, well, on my hard days, like on my long run days, my second workout has been more yoga or strength, like a light strength workout, mobility workout, or golf. So I definitely pare down that second workout for sure on the hard days. And then my rest days, I do one workout like a walk outside and then like a recovery Peloton ride. So it's, I've tried to make sure that I'm not sacrificing my marathon training because I really want to have a PR in Chicago. I would love to have a Boston qualifier, but we'll see about that. So I have had to adjust things a little bit. To make sure that doing two workouts is not going to make me sacrifice recovery for marathon
1: training. Yeah. So you're a doctor. You've got two kids. So so how do you rally to do that second workout every day?
4: Yeah, that's been a little hard. I do have a little bit of a unique situation because I, I work in the ICU and I work only three quarters time, and so I I have like these chunks of time when I'm actually working in the ICU. So. I usually either work four days in a row or three days in a row. Mm-hmm. So those days have been a challenge. I had the first part of that um, to deal with my last service week a couple of weeks ago. And I do it again this coming Monday. Basically, and I have a almost an hour commute to where Ooh. I work. So I've been getting up at four in the morning and doing the Peloton ride or strength workout. And then on my way home from work, I stop at a Greenway and do a 45-minute run is what I did the last time to do my marathon training workouts. So uh, it was a little bit tiring, and I got home later than, you know, I really like to to be able to see my husband and kids, but it's only for a short period of time. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's dedication.
2: I understand you use a whoop, and how do you feel like that helps
4: with your recovery? Yeah, I'm pretty obsessed with the WHOOP. Um, I was an early adopter. I think that it does help me rein myself in if I didn't get a good recovery. And it helps me make decisions about, you know, maybe switching out a workout for another day if my WHOOP is telling me that I, I wasn't adequately recovered. So just that kind of accountability, I think, is really helpful. And uh, I just like that I'm a little bit of a nerd when it comes to the data also. So I really do like to see what my heart rate variability is and my pulse ox when I sleep and those kind of things. So I, but I do think it has helped me because I tend to do too much and probably have overtrained in the past. And so I think that it's helpful in that regard. Interesting.
2: Um, You also mentioned that you use an
4: app for strength and mobility. Tell us a little more about that. Yeah, I use the recovery app, which I think it used to be its own app. And now Strava has incorporated it into their app. It's called recover. And uh, you kind of give your goals for prehab, you know, things that are an issue for you. Like I've had a lot of, um, posterior tibial and some plantar fasciitis in the past. And so I just want to make sure that I'm doing prehab for that. And so you kind of tell it what you feel like you need to work on, and it gives you a recovery routine to do after each run. So I use that. I try to do three mobility sessions a week and two strength sessions with that a week.
1: That's great. How long are the sessions typically?
4: Um, I think the longest ones are about 20 minutes, I would say. And they're kind of cool because some of them are are like professional runners that have done them. So I really like the one for the feet that Kira D'Amato did. Mm -hmm. And she like teaches you how to do the toe yoga, which I think is good for the plantar fasciitis. Mm -hmm. And there's just some other Hillary Allen, the ultra runner. She does one that's really good. So Mm -hmm. it's a really good app. I would recommend it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. So, and you mentioned you're adding golf into the mix. We need to hear about it particularly <laughs> because you told me an email. I love your rationale for wh- why you are trying to up your golf game.
4: Yeah. I I have a 13 year old son who is a junior golfer. He has been playing pretty seriously since he was about nine years old. He got into it then. And now he, like today he's at a tournament in Pinehurst, but he's with mm. his dad and I took him to one on Monday and then I've got another one with him tomorrow. Wow. So he's really into golf and I had not ever played golf, but I decided that for me to be able to you know, have something that maybe he and I could do together that we could relate to, especially as he's becoming a teenager. That I should try to learn golf. So, there, I've been taking lessons now for a year, and I do this program. It's like really for beginner golfers. It's called Operation 36, and you start from 25 yards from the hole. And when you can shoot 36, from there, you can move back to 50 yards, and so on. And so, you move back to the regular I would move back to the ladies tees once I you know Mm -hmm. am good enough to do that so it's you know it's very different from running there's a lot of like I tell my coach there's a lot of like hip movement side to side which is not good for running and so that is a little (laughs) bit of a challenge Um, but it's been really fun and um, I think it has helped me get to know my son a little bit better from you know to talk about his
1: interest Hmm, that's so wonderful that's fabulous. Fabulous. Okay. So you live in a hot, humid climate there in North Carolina. Um, how many loads of laundry would you say you do in a week for all your workout wear? Yeah, it's it's bad. It's really bad. <laughs>
4: Although today we had this unseasonably not humid day, and I actually saw someone like wearing a jacket on my run this morning at <laughs> six in the morning. I was like, this is crazy. But typically, yes, it's very sticky. Lots of laundry, lots of Stuff hanging up in my laundry room for <laughs> to be able to be ready for the next day for sure. I usually try to get out the door between five and five thirty because my husband is also a physician and he has to be at work at seven, and so I usually have to get my workout done by a quarter till seven is the mm-hmm. kind of the latest for me to you know be able to be home with the kids.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, busy family!
4: So,
2: are there any unique challenges? that you found to fueling all of your different activities as well as, you know, your your busy work schedule?
4: Yeah, I think, um, well, with the 75 hard, the hardest thing has been getting all the water in because you have to drink a gallon of water, which is probably a little bit more than what I need for my size, I would say. But I have been adding, making sure that I add electrolytes to it because I don't want to, (laughs) the doctor Mm -hmm. part of me is like, I don't want to become hyponatremic with Mm -hmm. low sodium while I'm doing this challenge. So I've been careful with that. Getting the water in has been the hardest thing, especially when I'm working because I don't want to have to stop rounds in the ICU, you know, every 30 minutes to (laughs) go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) So that's been a little bit of a challenge. And then the fueling part, I think that is tricky because... Just making sure like if I'm running after work in the heat, I don't want to eat a big lunch before I do that. But I know I need to fuel. So I've been using a lot of, you know, like I like picky bars. I've been using those and then eating a little bit later after that, you know, after that second run when I can stomach something more.
1: All right. Okay, well, we wish you all the best as you head into this month of big bulk training for Chicago. Very exciting. Thanks for sharing with us today, Erin. Thank you all so much. This has been great. Good, good, good. Well, Liz, did you, uh, any takeaways for you?
2: Well, we got some busy women out there. It's impressive, isn't it? Everything (laughs) that oh that these ladies do in addition to just being mom or or doctor or
1: mm-hmm.
2: teacher and just being a human they're out mm-hmm. there just saying listen that's that's not enough you know there's some people who that's just not enough for and they just want to keep seizing life and doing more
1: mm-hmm. you got to
2: respect that mm-hmm. also just respect the people who got out there today and just walked around their block because that's pretty awesome too
1: exactly No, just about that yeah exactly yeah good deal All right. Well, if you're looking to get in more than one workout a day now, how about starting your day with a three-mile run on the beach, followed up later by restorative yoga with a bunch of friends? What I'm describing is our Hilton Head Island Run Plus Relax Retreat, which is going to be held November 3rd to 6th. Hilton Head Island is just off the coast of South Carolina amazing time we bring in guest presenters we lead group runs on the flat hard packed very wide beach we have delicious meals like i said we do yoga make so many new friends and uh, lots of laughter it's just a fantastic time all with the front row seat of the atlantic ocean from our host hotel the aptly named beach hotel and i want to point out that until August 13th, we have a uh, sale on the retreat registration. We knocked the price off by a hundred bucks. So now, now is the time to go to another motherrunner.com, Click on events in the top navigation bar to find all those details and to register again, do that by Sunday, August 13th, and you'll save a hundred bucks on that. So again, go to another and click on events on the top of the homepage. Our podcast today was produced in St. Paul, Minnesota by Barry Medora from fire on the bluff. So have to ask, what type of sushi do you like? What what quote unquote flavor?
3: Um, they do not have an extensive selection. I'm sure that that will come. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, any, that day will be very... any day now. Any day now. Oh gosh, now I, all of a sudden I'm blanking. Um, it's not a California roll. Um, a tuna roll, spicy tuna roll. That's what mm. I'm going for at Sushi Club. Okay. You know, the the worst part is that some days they have the little chopsticks that you can grab there off the top of the refrigerator, but as often as not, they don't. Mm -hmm. So then I'm sitting in my car after having done my grocery shopping, you know, trying to dip it in the soy sauce, and I have to have the ginger. I'm definitely a ginger fan with sushi. So I'm just doing all of this on the little plastic tray in my car with my fingers. It's very glamorous.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you for painting such a vivid portrait in our minds of that. (laughs)